things. Work now is we have a bunch of different lessons from Scripture and a couple of different things to focus on uh, with the message today. And so you'll see kind of how we're going to be doing this, what we're going to be teaching and leading the kids through. So follow along with me on the screens. The theme for our Vacation Bible School this summer is Jesus' power pulls us through. And using five Bible stories that show God's power and his love and mercy for us, his dear children, we will learn lessons about how Jesus cares for us in all circumstances. On the first day, the lesson is titled, Jesus' Power Helps Us Do Hard Things. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. It was working. There we go. Now, here's the story of how Jesus' disciples... Ananias, uh, Jesus' disciple Ananias helps Saul, as Jesus calls Saul to be his disciple. So we hear in Acts chapter 9 this story. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go. For he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your, regain your sight. Excuse me. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. Then every day to emphasize the Bible story, we also have one verse to really nail that point home. Something that the kids can try and remember. So the Bible verse to remember from this day's lesson is from Philippians 4, verse 13, where Paul writes, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So again, with this VBS, many of you are probably well aware that this is a continuing ministry of this church that God has blessed for, uh, well, has just kept on blessing. But yet, we are in awful times where all of us are still trying to figure out what to do. Uh, we've been working on figuring out this VBS ever since February. Nancy and I have been back and forth with each other trying to figure out what to do, thinking of maybe doing some sort of a hybrid where some are online and some are in person, or some are in person one day and then another group is in person on the next day and just trying to figure it all out. But we just switched it to all virtual as things don't seem to be getting any better. But yet when we switched things to virtual, we weren't seeing those numbers as we had hoped. In the past couple of years, God has been blessing us with, with many kids and many families, not even a part of our Trinity family, who have then been able to hear the gospel and know of God's love and God's grace for them. And we weren't seeing those numbers. 
So we were getting anxious and nervous about it. But now those numbers have jumped. We have 70-some kids registered for VBS this year, participating online. And that's not to mention those who are just going to randomly find it online on our YouTube or Facebook page, not to mention those who will share it with other family members who may be in other states, or those who their kids are watching it, and then they are being strengthened and encouraged by it. It's all a very, very good thing, because there's a very powerful message that comes through this VBS. That is that Jesus' power helps us pull through, pulls us through. And so now let's look at some more specifics to that power. There we go. Jesus' power helps us in hard times is, is the first theme. Helps us do hard things. And especially for today's day and age, that's a very appropriate message as we are in hard times. Life is hard for us. People are struggling with job loss, finances, it's an election year, so there's a lot of political stress that uh, a lot of people are dealing with, and there's isolation too. But if we stop and, and honestly think about it, this isn't new, is it? This, is, this life has been hard and will continue to be hard, whether <clears throat> excuse me, in the midst of a pandemic or not. Life is hard. Anything could happen to us today, and I don't mean to scare you, but to help us to realize how God addresses this for us. If you think about it too, this is not new, and, and looking even back all the way 2,000 years to look at Ananias, Ananias was probably struggling with the same things. Disease is still there, political problems are still there, the stress of earning and caring for family members is still there. And then Jesus shows up to him and says, hey, Ananias, I need you to do something for me. I need you to go to this known persecutor and murderer, and I need you to heal him for me. So Jesus already is asking Ananias to do something very hard. Ananias, of course, objects and says, uh, I heard about this guy, and not only is he known for all of these things, but he, even in this area, has the authority to lock me up just for confessing the name of Christ. Not to mention what might happen to me after that. But yet, at the command to go, Ananias goes. He doesn't object. He says, go, and Ananias goes. With the power of Christ, he goes. He is encouraged and strengthened by his Lord who appears to him, and he goes. He touches Saul, and Saul receives his sight again, receives the Holy Spirit, is baptized. Very powerful things right there. What I also noticed this morning that I didn't notice when I had originally gone through this is he says, Brother Saul. This is a man who is known to be his enemy, and yet he immediately, at the power of Jesus, calls him brother already. Jesus' power helps us get through these hard things, to even get over things like that, to be able to love, serve, and care, as Ananias loved, served, and cared for Saul. And then... Saul goes and changes his name. We know him as Paul, and he continues on, as we see in the rest of the New Testament, with all these various letters, encouraging the saints, pushing these people to be better, 
pushing them to get through hard times with the power of Jesus and his name. We hear from Philippians 4 verse 13. You might be familiar with this because a lot of Christian athletes like to use this uh, to encourage themselves. But what Paul is talking about, that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, Paul is talking about life. That he has had good times and bad times. He has faced, he has faced plenty and scarcity. He has faced freedom and imprisonment. And even in the midst of writing this letter to the Philippians, he is in prison. But yet, with the power of Christ, he can do it. He can face these hard times. But now let's look at day two. And on day two, the lesson is called, Jesus' power gives us hope. And from the Bible, we hear the story of how Paul encourages others in a storm and shipwreck. So we hear now from Acts chapter 27. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. And then the, the Bible verse to emphasize this day's lesson is from Psalm 31, verse 24. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. So then there's that concept of hope that we hear about on day two. And you might have heard me talk about this before, but hope is, is a kind of a unique thing for Christians, not to say other people don't have hope, but when we hear hope used out in the world, we often hear it as people wishing for something, right? I hope I win the lottery. I hope this guy gets elected. I hope this happens. I hope I get that, right? When we use hope, we use it as an expectation. Our hope in Christ is us saying that we expect him to give us salvation, forgiveness, and life. And this isn't used as sort of like uh, a sort of privilege sort of thing where, well, he better had do what I say or else sort of thing, right? But the trust that we have in him, the hope that we place in him is placed there because of his power what he has done, and what he will do. Now, think about it like this. We hope, expect our cars to work. We expect that when we put the key in the ignition and turn it, or if you're one of the fancy people with a push start, push the button, that it will start, that it will go when you put it into gear in the accelerator, that when you put your foot on the brakes, the car's going to stop, Right? These are things that we expect of our car. And these expectations form around the power and ability of the things that we expect, right? So, turning then to God, we see God display his power and ability. We see him display his power and ability as he sends his son to us to die for us, to rise for us. But that also fills in with a lot of other things. 
Because the promise of Jesus comes from, or excuse me, the arrival of Jesus comes from a promise of salvation. So then because God keeps his promises, we know we can trust him. Because God displays his power, we know what he is able to do. And so that because we can trust him and because we know what he is able to do, we can then expect him to do it. If he says, like he just said to Paul, if he says, I will take care of you, we can expect him to do it. And this is how our hope in our God works. That when he promises, he follows through. And we can expect him to follow through because he is true. And so, as it encouraged Paul in a shipwreck with all of these men who were with him, we carry that same hope with us. Expecting our God to lovingly provide for us, as the Father always does. To be with us in the midst of hard times. But now we're going to look at day three. And on day three, we hear about boldness. The lesson is, Jesus' power helps us to be bold. Where we hear the story of how Peter and John teach about Jesus. So in Acts chapter 4, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. And then the verse to, uh, to nail this lesson home is from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. And that weakness is one thing that we're all very familiar, that I really want us to think about. Because ironically, weakness is actually one of the most powerful things in our lives. When you are weakened by something, something pulling you down, something breaking you like that, it ruins everything. The weakness of things like depression make it impossible to even get up in the morning. But it's not just mental handicaps. There's also the physical handicaps. Some of you have gone through rehab. Some of you have had to use canes and wheelchairs and walkers. All of these things. And that weakness prevents you from doing so many things that you might want to do. Holding you back. But there's also this other power of weakness, which is doubt, which tells you that you can't do it. I can't do this. There's no way. I am, I am unable to do this. And so what does God do to address this weakness? Well, he provides many things of strength. And on day three, we focus on that boldness that he gives us. Right before the story that we just read from Acts, we hear of 
Peter and John who happened to walk by a crippled man. And by the power of Jesus' name, the man gets up and walks. And then they bring Peter and John before the, the, the Jewish council because they want to know, well, how in the world did you do that? They say by the power of Jesus' name. This is the power that we are all given. And this power of Jesus' name helps us to be bold. You know, what's also very interesting, though, is how they have been made bold. Because in boldness, Peter very boldly tells them, this is coming from the name of Jesus. And he boldly says, whom you crucified who God raised from the dead. He is the stone that you, the builders, rejected. In boldness, he calls them out and calls them to come to God to receive God's power. Because obviously this name of Jesus has great power and authority. And it tells us at the end of that that they are marveling at their boldness because these are just everyday guys. Uneducated I'm not saying that they're stupid or anything like that. They didn't have a school system like we did. But they're common, everyday folk. They're they're not special. What makes them special is the power that God gives them. And as we turn through the entire book of Acts, you will see this power and this boldness continue. As we look at Stephen, as Stephen makes this confession of faith boldly before the Jewish council, as he boldly faces his death for that confession. But we also hear the boldness of Ananias to go and heal Paul. We hear of the boldness of Paul, who changes from a persecutor to a missionary. Then also the boldness of guys like Peter, who reached out to the, or excuse me, Philip, who reached out to the Ethiopian man. As their stories continued and eventually ended, we saw them be bold to face imprisonment and death for their faith. There was seemingly no end to all of this boldness. And these people are no different from you or I. They are common people just like us. And the power of Jesus Christ has given them the power to stand firm and to be bold, to stand up for what is right, especially the, the boldness to stand up to defend the weak, the boldness to reach out into the fringes of society and, and find those people who have just been cast aside by the world, the boldness to confess the name of Christ, Jesus' power blesses us with this power to be bold. But then we turn to day four. And day four, the lesson is, is that Jesus' power lets us live forever. And it focuses on the story of Jesus' death and resurrection. In our reading today, we're going to look at the more happier side of that story as we see Jesus risen from the grave. From Matthew 28... Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. 
And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. And so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. And then the focus verse on day four is from Romans 8 verse 11, where Paul says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And I really think that uh, day four, after, after we've been learning in these other three days about the power of Jesus, is there any question, well, where does this power actually come from? Day four answers that question. How do we know that we can trust in God? Well, we trust in the promises he keeps. But that also means that we can trust him with what he says in his word. And that number one promise is the blessing of a son who was born, a boy who grows to be a man, a teacher who teaches, a healer who heals, and most importantly for us, a savior who saves. And in Jesus' death and resurrection, all of God's power is on full display as he suffers in our place, taking our sin, our shame, our guilt taking it for all people for all time. But also that power of God is on full display as the tomb is empty. As Jesus is risen from the grave, God's power is showing just how much you can trust him. And through him, the power of life is also displayed. If you look over at 1 Corinthians 15, you will see that Paul says that without this power of the resurrection, we have nothing. We are still in our sin, and we are to be pitied among all people. But we do, in fact, have this power. We have the power of Jesus' death and resurrection, and it sets us free. And this powerful freedom that we ourselves have received means that for Jesus' sake, God does not remember our sins. God does not hold us guilty, but has released us. So that when that final day comes, not only will Jesus' tomb be found empty, but all tombs will be found empty. As the resurrection of all flesh is there. As life is so powerfully on full display that all will be raised. And this power, this freedom, all of this is given to everyone as the Holy Spirit is at work spreading this message far and wide to call people from their sins, to call them to turn back to God and back to his love. But now let's conclude VBS and look at day five. Day five's focus is on Jesus' power that helps us to be good friends. And so we hear the church of the story, the, we hear the story of how the church is united. We see this in Acts chapter 4. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. 
And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many were owners of lands or houses, sold them, and brought the proceeds of what was sold, and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. And that focus verse is from Christ himself in John 15. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. I think of day five as kind of the so what day. After you have heard all of these things, well, so what? What now? What do we do with this power that we have received from Jesus, this death and resurrection? What do we do with being set free from our sins? Well, we actually see many responses to it. We see that many just outright reject it. We see also that many people then use this freedom to do whatever they want. And then we see others who abuse this freedom and take advantage of people. We hear of this freedom being won and given to all people in Scripture, but we also hear in Scripture that while the light is shining, we love the darkness. And in sin, we tend to retreat back into that darkness. And also hiding in that darkness is the power of evil, of sin, of death, of the devil that is trying to pull us further and further away from the light of Christ. And the main ability of that power is to lie. To tell you that you're not good enough, that you haven't done enough, that you will never deserve this love that God has given to you. That, yeah, maybe God forgave you that one time, but he's not going to forgive you again. That, no, you are still in your sins, that you are still full of guilt and shame. That is how this power lies to you. So what? So now God works through the church to spread this message of freedom, of power, of love. He lifts up people to preach this message and this truth. And it's not just pastors, but grandparents, parents, even kids. Your brothers and sisters, your random friends, and even just a passerby. God is blessing his people by his Holy Spirit to spread his message of love and grace and peace and freedom to everyone. That the light is shining and that it is there, right there for them. And then he works in this power to unite his people together. Look at this early church. It's, it's astonishing. Excuse me. It's astonishing how they are working together, that they are of one heart and soul. But they're also from all these different walks of life. Some of them own property and own homes. And they, they sell them and give one of the places to underline, there was not a needy person among them. This is what the power of Christ causes us then to do. As we change from those selfish sinners who are then set free from these things to then love and care for one another. Especially in the physical needs here. As you see, there's not a needy person among them. They distribute to anybody that has need. This is what the body of Christ looks like. And so again, so what? So what do we do with all this information, with all this power, with all that we gain from VBS? Well, we live each day in the power of Jesus. A power that has been given to us, that helps us do hard things, that gives us hope, 
that helps us to be bold, that helps us live forever, that helps us to then, I would say, not just be good friends, but to love as we ourselves have been loved. Amen, brothers and sisters. Neil, I'm going to pass.